Welcome to the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. This podcast will give you all the tools to grow your business and live life on your terms. Millionaire agents and entrepreneurs think and act differently than others. This podcast will give you a simple, proven three-step blueprint to grow your business. Over the past 31 years of research in your industry, Mike Stromso has created a unique philosophy called the three P's, people, process, and promotion. This outside-the-box thinking and guidance provides agency entrepreneurs just like you the knowledge and tools you can quickly implement to explode your agency business. He has been there, done that, and he's still doing it. Wherever you are today, if you're starting with nothing or are well on your way to the success you desire, with the right people, processes, and promotions in place, you will be unstoppable. And now, I'd like to introduce your host, Mike Stromso. Welcome to episode 27 of the Unstoppable Profit Podcast. This is Mike Stromso coming to you live from the Living Agency Laboratory. And today we are honored to be joined by the incredible Mr. Jeb Blunt. I want to get started this morning. Uh, Mr. Jeb Blunt, uh, president and CEO of salesgravy.com, sales acceleration expert, best-selling author, a speaker, a blogger, and so much more has been so gracious to spend some time with us this morning. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Jeb. And uh, I'm going to try to go through quickly because the list is so long. Jeb Blunt is the best-selling author of eight books and among the world's most respected thought leaders on sales, leadership, and customer experience. As a sales acceleration specialist, he helps sales organizations reach peak performance fast by optimizing talent, leveraging training to cultivate a high-performance sales culture, developing leadership and coaching skills, and applying more effective organizational design. He's an in-demand speaker and spends more than 250 days on the year crisscrossing the globe, delivering keynote speeches, just like the one he's going to deliver in San Diego, workshops and training programs to high-performance sales teams and leaders. Jeb, welcome. <laughs> I'm out of breath listening to you. <laughs> well, good news. I got up this morning and I was riding my bicycle by 6 a.m., so I'm in shape and I am ready to take on more. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Good. Let's get started in uh, helping some more people. So uh, I gave a brief introduction of all that you've accomplished so far. Tell us what you're working on now and tell us anything that I might not have mentioned about you, the man. <laughs> That was a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I right now what we're working on is the Sales EQ audiobook. It's my brand new book that just came out in print in March. And we just, because my travel schedule is so intense, couldn't get into the studio back in March and April. So I'm, I'm in one of Audible studios here in Atlanta, and we just took a break from recording the Sales EQ audio, audiobook. We're in day five of the recording, which sounds like a lot, but to do it right, you really have to really focus on the art of the book as well. So, and I do I do all my books. I've done all my books except for one. So that's what we're doing right now is working on this particular project, and this will be done this week. And then I'm on the road pretty much for the next month or so, uh, bouncing from Hawaii all the way to to Washington D.C. Uh, giving speeches. Fantastic. So uh, I hope you're uh, already taking notes. Uh, Jeb dropped some nuggets right there. He's recording the book on Audible. 
Uh, he's got most of his work out there on multiple platforms. Remember, if you want to reach 100% of the marketplace, you've got to use 100% of the ways. And I can't wait to start listening. You know, I, I've read and listened to Fanatical Prospecting twice already, Jeb. And every time that I go through it, I continue to get gold nuggets. And then Sales EQ, I just started. So I can't wait to get the audio as well. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for investing the time. So, Jeb, tell us. Is there a secret or a time-saving sa technique that you can share with Unstoppable Nation that helps you focus and tackle your most vital sales priorities and other priorities every single day? It's funny you ask me that question. I was doing a radio interview last week, and the, the, the host asked me what my favorite app was. So what's your favorite app for time management and productivity that basically helps you focus on your vital priorities every single day? So I'm going to give you the same answer that I gave her. I have a pencil and a post-it note. And I write down every day the three most important things that I have to accomplish that day. There may be a dozen things I have to do. Those three things have to be done. Before I go to bed at night, I write those three things down, and I put them on the window, wherever I am, if I'm in, a, or in the mirror, excuse me, wherever I am, the mirror in the bathroom, if I'm at home or if I'm in a hotel. And those are the three things that I start my day with, and I don't do anything else. And and why is that important is because if you think about yourself and and any all of us right in our day, we have three choices: we can do things that are trivial, we can do things that are important, or we can do things that are impactful. And human beings, left to their own devices, typically start their day with the most trivial things, the things that don't matter. Most of us who are working in our own businesses. We're doing a lot of things that are really, really important. And the problem is that we usually start our day with doing things that are important, like opening up our email and checking to see if we got anything from a customer or what have you. The thing is is that if you really want to move and change your world, you want to begin your day with the things that have the most impact. And for most business owners, and, and, and I count myself as one of those folks and most sales professionals, the most impactful thing that you can do is put something new into your pipeline. Uh, but whatever that is that's going to have the most impact on your day, you should write those three things down, focus on those three things, and then do everything else. And if you do that, I can guarantee you that you'll move the bar faster than anyone else around you. That's fantastic. So um, you use a pencil and a post-it note. I love the power of three. I practice that same principle myself because I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. I want to get all three done. So fantastic. I too use the bathroom mirror, but you said you can focus on what's trivial, what you can focus on what's important, or you can focus on what's impactful. And isn't that what we want to do? We want to make the greatest impact that we can, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's the, and that's, the, I think that's the choice. In fact, if I were giving your, you know, the audience homework, I would say take a piece of paper and write, put three columns on it, write impactful, write important, and write trivial, and then take a week and just look at every minute that you spend during the day and label it. Is this impactful? Is this trivial? Or is this important? You have to do the important things. If you don't do the important things, your business will fall apart. But yeah. most of us, most of us leave the impact, impactful things. Another way of saying impactful is hard, right? So the hard things, right? You leave the hard things for last. And those things get pushed to the next day and the next day. And that's why, you know, some businesses wake up. And I, our business has had this conversation a couple of times. We wake up, we get really, really good at doing important things. We're not doing the impactful things. And we're putting ourselves out of business a little bit every day. 
That's right. what you want to focus on. That is awesome. Thank you so much. You know, Les Brown, the motivational speaker, said, if you do what's easy, your life will be hard. But if you do what is hard, your life will be easy. I am going to get out there and I'm going to make my three column list. Uh, that's a great tip. Thank you so much, Jim. Excellent. Let's talk about overcoming obstacles. Tell us about a challenging time or situation that could have devastated you or anybody else that you've worked with, but there was persistence and perseverance. Tough decisions were made. And now, once it, that it's a painful memory, it serves as an invaluable learning experience. You know, Mike, I like to live my life through rose-colored lenses and forget all of those bad things that happened. But I'll give you one great example. Now, this was seven years ago. This was in 2010. And I was three years into building sales gravy. I'd invested every dime that I had. So you can imagine I spent most of my career in the corporate world, and I had a really nice nest egg. And I took my entire nest egg, and I built my business with that. And that's a very tough conversation to be having with your wife, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And I had I put everything into it, and this is the summer of 2010. I had customers. And at this, at this point, we were running the sales gravy job board, which was which is what we started the company as. And I had customers. I had revenue coming in. I was finally making money. Things were looking really, 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 really good. Mm -hmm. And my website broke. My website broke. I mean, it broke. Like, it was, like, I had all these customers, all this money, everything, and it went down, and we couldn't get it to come back up again, and we couldn't, we couldn't revive it. It was, um, it was an awful situation, and I was dealing with my web guy. Uh, he was dealing with the web host. There were, there were issues with the code. He had his coders. I was, I was literally at the, you're going to have to put me in a straitjacket breaking point. I didn't sleep for a week. I was worried. I thought my entire world was over. And then five days later, somehow or another, I don't know if it was just through pure will, we got everything working again. And that was the last time that I was at the mercy of other people who could shut me down. And I put backups in place. I hired a new web team. I, um, I got rid of the coders who were making mistakes on my site. And I made sure that I had people around me that were super responsive and I ended up um, moving all of my programming to a team uh, outside of the United States, in fact. I, I moved offshore, and those folks have been with me ever since, and we've been through thick and thin, but I've got responsive people. And I just, it was just a lesson I had to learn in my business that when so much of it is resting on a digital platform, if you don't have the safeguards in place, you can you can sink your business really really quickly, and I've never had that happen again. But it was one of the most awful things that ever happened to me because I really believed that, that it was over, and I had spent you know the last three years of my life and all my money building something that was going to um, I was never going to be able to revive. Wow! Congratulations on overcoming that and having the fortitude and the will, like you said, uh, over five days of just going through excuse the term pure hell probably. Uh, to work through that. So uh, the other thing that you just said, which which I think is critical, and that's why I can't wait to dive in next uh, to the things that you teach, uh, specifically the sales industry out there, no longer be at the mercy of other people. You see, I wrote down in my own journal over the weekend, and this is not intended to be a selfish statement in any way, but nobody knows what I know. And that's what we want to become, right? We want to become more so that we can get to that point and have those safeguards in place. 
Fantastic. Jeb, let's talk about personal mastery, which I, I guess uh, I kind of lined it up there for you. What do you think in the sales game today is the most critical skill that uh, people in the sales game need to master in order to thrive in today's sales environment? And I know that's a loaded question. It, it is loaded, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's, it's probably more complex than a, you know, a, a single thing or a critical skill. It's the, it's the combination of multiple skills that, are, that make you good at what you do. But if there was one thing that you have to master, and that it, it's this. Your job as an owner of, a, of an agency is to get and keep customers. That's it. There's nothing else. You can be great at reports. You can be great at social media. You can be great at marketing. You can be great at all kinds of things, but you have to get and keep customers. Yes. And getting customers requires first that you prospect. You have to focus on filling up your pipeline every day, every day, every day. So from a personal mastery you know, that is your ability to manage your own destructive emotions, the, the, the emotions of, of, of fear of rejection, of uncomfortableness and interrupting people. You have to get past that, and you've got to fill up the pipeline, and you have to be absolutely relentless in that every day, every day, every day. At the same time, once you get people into the pipeline, you have to be good, and you have to, um, you have to be able to leverage interpersonal skills pull them in, allow you to influence their behavior and get them to buy from you. And the same thing happens in the back end, making sure that those folks continue to be um, customers long term. I mean, that's what you have to do. And But if we if we think about that, you, you go back to what's your why, right, understanding your why. For me, it's the same thing. Why are you doing this? You have to understand what is it that you want, what is the end role, because those things, getting and keeping customers, those are really hard. I mean, this is yeah. awesome. If we sell stuff, and it would be awesome if we didn't have to retain customers. I mean, because we just show up every day and play on Facebook all day long. So you have to understand what it is that you want in your heart because desire, that desire, that why, that is the mother of accomplishment. That is the mother of you getting your dreams. That is the mother of prospecting. That has to happen first. But if you want to understand what the skill is, what you have to, you have to know how to do, I promise you, you have to go get customers and you have to keep customers. And if you do that every day consistently, you will have a thriving business, and you will reach every dream that you ever wanted. That's fantastic. Thank you. I, I couldn't agree more, and I meant to say this earlier because I wrote it down. You've got to fill the pipe, and, and that is the greatest inspiration that you've taught me through your book, Fanatical Prospecting, not only filling the pipe, but the multiple ways and why it's so important to fill the pipe every single day. Get and keep customers, uh, prospecting all of the time around the clock, every day in every way. Jeff, explain to us what you mean uh, at a deeper level by managing your own disruptive emotion. Well, I mean, look, I, I let's go back. The pipe is life. Right. The pipe is life. Yes. The pipe is everything. Every day, every day, every day, every day, we're relentlessly focused on the pipe. But if, if, if we look at, at, at sales uh, and we just think about sales as a bubble, um, you have a buyer, you have a seller. It's extremely emotional, whether you're interrupting someone's day or whether you're engaging in a sales conversation or you're trying to move them to close. You feel mm -hmm. emotions, they feel emotions. Each of you are trying to protect your own emotion. The, the number one reason, yeah, or, and we've, I need to go back even deeper than that, the Achilles heel for salespeople is their inability to manage their own disruptive emotions, the disruptive emotions of fear, insecurity, desperation, uh, 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 attachment. 
the need to feel important, um, your ego, all of those things, and there's and there's many more. But you have to understand this: whether it's prospecting, negotiating, negotiating, in customer service, or in the sales process itself, in every conversation with a potential buyer or a current customer, the person who has the most control over their emotion has the greatest probability of achieving the outcome they desire. I'm still here. I'm writing. The person who has the most control over their emotion has the greatest probability of getting the outcome that they desire. And ultimately, at the end of the day, isn't that what our ultimate goal is, the outcome, right? That's right. I mean, we, we are influencing people. That's what salespeople do. We are influencing people to comply with our request. One of the requests we make from people is to buy from us or sign a contract or to set up a meeting or have a conversation or to move to the next step in the sales process. And it, it, mostly what sells is we're asking people to make a lot of small commitments that lead to a bigger commitment. And in our ability to influence people to accept those, accept and commit to those micro commitments, you know that that is the essence of selling. I mean, if you think about it. We're asking people to make a commitment of time, action, and emotion. And if we can get people to engage at that level, we win. But we have to be able to manage our emotions so that we can influence the emotions and behaviors of other people. Wow, I couldn't write fast enough. The good news is we'll have uh, the replay on this so we can get it all down. That was gold nugget after gold nugget after gold nugget. I hope you got it. But small commitments that lead to bigger commitments. Sometimes it's not just a one or two step game, right, Jeb? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the problem for a lot of salespeople is they throw up and show up. Or they, 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 their, their insecurity or right. their desperation or their eagerness they get a meeting with the prospect, and instead of understanding that prospect and learning that prospect's language and building a deeper emotional connection, they just go right for the kill. And the in those situations, sometimes it's just disruptive emotions of insecurity or I just want to be in control. Those things happen. Sometimes sure. it's because we want to get the you know the fastest outcome with the least amount of emotional involvement as possible. But today's buyer knows that. And what the ultra-high performers themselves understand is that it's the emotional experience of working with you that has the greatest uh, – it looks to me to that a different way. The emotional experience of working with you, the, the agency owner, is the greatest predictor of your ultimate outcome uh, in the sales process, period. So you can you can tell me all the things that you sell. You can tell me all the policies you offer. You can tell me everything that you do. But I can tell you that the emotional experience that that person has working with you, if I understand that, if I know they're having a great experience, I can tell you with, with higher probability that you're going to get the deal than whether or not you're great at pitching your product. Wow. Thank you for saying that because I've got something in my own world that's uh... – it's a huge deal, and I just made a commitment this morning to create that emotional experience. So I think just by studying you, I learned how to do that. Thanks for the tip, Bob. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, just for example, the 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 uh, the blankets on your grandchildren. I mean, that's part of the emotional experience. I mean, somebody 
built those, they were thoughtful about it. It created something in you that made you like them more. Um, it tapped into the law of reciprocity, which created a feeling of obligation. And so if I were that person who had done that for you and I was asking you to make a micro-commitment, then my probability that you would agree to the micro-commitment goes up. And Absolutely. that's really what, what the top salespeople are looking at. That's how they play the game itself. They play it by win probability. Every single thing that they do is calculated by what's the probability that this will, this will bend my win probability, my outcome curve uh, in my favor. Absolutely. That's awesome. And you're, you're right. I think about that person all of the time because I look at that blanket every single day. And, and the good news is, I mean, the reason is, I believe, let me rephrase that. The reason is she is a superstar, but she never stops improving. She never stops giving back. And wow, uh, there's no, there's no, uh, we now know why uh, that person is such a success. So that's fantastic. Wow. Nugget after nugget. Yeah, go ahead. So I was say, you know, and that's, you know, when we give someone a gift, we, we, we tap into that, that feeling, right? We make them feel good. And I'll, I'll tell you, you don't have to always give a blanket or, you know, give a compliment. I mean, the right. easiest, fastest way to make someone feel important, which, by the way, is the greatest gift you can give another human being, because it, the, the need to feel important or appreciated is our most insatiable human need. It's the only need on Maslow's hierarchy that cannot be stated. And the easiest, fastest way to make someone feel important is just listen to them. And that's where salespeople fail because they want to feel important too. So instead of disrupting that disruptive emotion, getting in the way of that, they allow that to get ahead of them. And so instead of giving their prospect their full attention and time, they end up talking over their prospect. They end up pontificating. They end up being self-important. And that doesn't make the person like you. So every one of us has the capability of doing that. And it is very difficult to do. There's no doubt about it. I'm not going to you know, sit here and say, oh, just, you know, I love the cliches. You know, you have two ears and one mouth. Use them right. appropriately. That's really easy to say, you know, on a, on a webinar. Mm -hmm. It's a whole lot harder to do when you're standing in front of another person. What right. I find to be more effective is understanding the influence I have over that person's behavior when I'm listening to them. And, oh, by the way, your ability to influence um, it, 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 it happens because of what you hear, not what you say. So when you're listening wow. to someone, they start speaking with their language and what's important to them. Then you can bridge to the next step, the micro-commitment, the solution that you're offering using their language and what's important to them. And when you do that, it's just gold. Ability to influence is based on what you hear. Not That's gold. Say. That's gold right there. Thank you, my friend. I, I've got a, uh, a lot of things that I want to dive into here, so I'm going to keep moving if that's okay with you. Absolutely. I'm just getting off track. That's what I uh, I'm grateful, man. That's, this is awesome. So let's talk about lessons for just a minute. We, we, we have affectionately say in the Unstoppable Nation environment, wins and lessons. There's no failures. There are only lessons. So You've got mentors. I've got mentors. I now consider you one of my mentors. I'm going to be adding you to my own internal mentor list very soon because of the influence that you've had on me. But what was the most influential lesson or maybe a couple lessons that you've learned from your mentors along the way that's helped you become the business sales leader that you are today? I'm going to give you two. Okay. Uh, one relates to what's happening in San Diego. And... In 2006, I was a corporate vice president of sales. I worked for a big company called Aramark, 
and I ran a big sales organization, and we were having a sales meeting. And my dream, like the, the, my why, had mm. always wanted to be an author, and I always wanted to be a speaker. And I wanted to be an author and speaker since I saw Tom Hopkins and Anthony Robbins in 1992 when I was just starting out in my career. Mm. So it's always been a dream for me. And I hired Ruby to come speak to my sales organization. There's a thousand salespeople showing up. Rudy shows up, and I'm giving the speech before Rudy goes out. I'm the guy that's, like, getting everybody going, Rudy, Rudy, and they love Rudy. You guys are going to love Rudy. He's awesome. So Rudy shows up. I give my speech, introduce Rudy. He gets off stage. People love him, and I walk up to him and shake his hand, and instead of shaking my hand, he gives me a hug and says, you need to do something with that. And that was the day that I made a decision to change my life and to change the trajectory. And so in 2007, I published my first book, and I've been working really, really hard for the last, not going on, you know, 10 years, going on 11 years. But it all started in that moment, and it was just that little bit of inspiration for someone to say to me, you know, your dream is, is, is something that you can't achieve. It's something that's real. You need to do something about it. And I knew that at that moment I had to do something. So, you know, I left a big corporate job and went out on my own and spent all my money and it paid off in, in, in just in incredible ways. And the second lesson is a lesson I learned from my dad. He's a, um, a judge and one of the top politics attorneys in the country. And I learned from him how to speak other people's language. I learned, I watched him with juries, and I watched him uh, mm-hmm. engage people on their level rather than his, and I watched how he won and won and won and won doing that, and I took that lesson into my career in sales. I use it today so that no matter where I am, I can I can step into other people's shoes and I can become you know part of them and I can I can talk the way they do and speak their language and listen. And my dad did it so brilliantly, and that's one of the reasons why he was so successful. And I learned it from him, and I've it's been one of the greatest tools that that, that I took away from you know from my relationship with him. And he's a master at it. That's fantastic. Well, hey, good job for paying attention for so long. fantastic great story and uh you know i got a chance to hang out with rudy last december and uh, you're right he is a a an inspiring special kind of guy and i was sitting there listening to him tell a couple stories and he started diving into his trek that he went through uh to get the movie made and he came to a point in that story that is deeply close to my own personal story and i about fell off my chair Tapatio was sitting, my, uh, Andrea Wyatt, uh, her nickname's Tapatio, was sitting next to me, and I'm, I'm elbowing her and this kind of stuff, and I said, you're not going to believe that. So, you know, I believe everything happens for a reason, but I believe people, it happens in some situations because people, through what they do, put themselves in the position to receive that. That's true. I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that, I think that, I, I, in fact, I think that's really profound. I'm writing that down. I think you you have to put yourself in the position to receive it. You have to you have to open those doors. And sometimes we don't realize that all the little things that we do every day that don't always seem like they're paying off is the one thing that leads to something else. Right. Uh, you know, the some of the things that I'm doing today that I just sometimes I just pinch myself. I mean, I'm walking through right. an airport and I mm-hmm. pinch myself that I'm. I'm getting to do these cool things. I mean, even – I'll give you an example. Um, on, on Tuesday of last week, I got to jump out of an airplane with the Golden Knights. It was 
literally the coolest thing I've ever done. I mean, the elite parachuters, parachuters of the U.S. Army invited me to get on a plane with them and jump out of the plane with them. That happened because I was paying attention. The, the military started buying copies of Fanatical Prospecting. When I realized the military was buying copies of Fanatical Prospecting, I started signing them and sending them to them. Then I started uh-huh. listening to what was going on, and I learned. And then one day I had a captain call me up and said, we bought your book for everybody. Would you mind coming and giving us a speech? And normally, you know, you would say, well, you know, why would I go do that? You know, I've got other things to do. I was in the middle. Uh, I'd been on like eight airplanes. And it's because it's my country and it's something I believe in. I stopped and I went. I gave a speech, made a lot of friends, and got nominated to get on this airplane. And that opened the door. It was one of the coolest things, literally, I have ever done in my life. It was, I mean, I'm, I'm still on fire for it. And that happened because I was open. And because I was doing little things, I was paying attention to the signals. And I was saying yes instead of saying no. I was looking at the world from... The, 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 the lens of abundance versus scarcity. And when I, what I find is that when I do that, when I'm constantly looking at abundance, when I'm always open to receiving, then the most amazing things happen. And, yeah, you know, bad things happen too. And, you know, it's yep, a yep. choice. Am I going to be sensible about the bad things that happen? Or am I going to put my rose-colored lenses on and I'm going to say, you know what, this happened for a reason. And, by the way, that's one of the things that I find um, to be true with ultra-high performers. And you talked about one of your superstars that uh, essentially the blanket. Is that they have two core beliefs that they carry with them everywhere they go. One is that they believe that they are supposed to have success. Like, they believe that. So when they walk through life, they're looking at the world from a, from a, a standpoint of, I'm supposed to win. This is supposed to be what, I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And the second thing that they look at and they say, you know, every, everything that happens to me happens for a reason. So instead of what like, the rest of the world who's, you're looking for all the bad things that are going to happen. They're looking for all the good things that are going to happen because they think they're supposed to have them. And then B, right, when something bad happens, instead of going, oh, wow, why is everything against me? They go, guess what? This was supposed to happen for a reason. I'm supposed to learn from this so that I don't make the same mistake again. And they start looking for the lesson in it. And to me, like, that, that's the essence of really getting everything you want out of life and I just find that it happens to me over and over and over again. You know, that's where, you know, I, the, the DJ Khalid song, I think I got the name right, you know, all I do is win. Yeah. I feel that way. And even when I'm losing, I feel like I'm winning. That's right. That's right. Well, it's perspective. What, you be, what people believe is what they perceive. And if you perceive it to be the lesson, it's going to be a lesson. If you perceive it to be a loss, it's going to be a loss. Got to figure out. You said it earlier on. You have to understand what you want in your heart, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Desire is the mother of all accomplishments. You have to know what you want. Desire. And, and you, what you want, by the way, is is yours. It's not mine. You you have to you have to decide on your terms because because what you desire, right? What you what you want has to be congruent with the price that you're pay you're willing to pay to get there. Because the success uh-huh. and the business life wherever else, right, those things have to be congruent because the work, like the, the tough things you have to do, the pain you have to go through, that's the price you have to pay in advance for what you get. That's why you have to know the why. That's why it has to be in your heart. That's why you have to have a clear understanding and a clear picture of what you desire because that's the only thing that's going to trump procrastination. 
and perfectionism and paralysis by analysis, the things that are holding you back right now. If you desire something, you're willing to do anything to get it. But the, but you have to sit down and be honest with yourself. And is this congruent, what I want, with what I'm willing to do to get what I want? It's all right there, my friends. I'm holding up the mirror of truth, Jeb, and I'll, I'll enlighten you on that later. But I, I, I have to repeat what Jeb just said. Those are two of the biggest nuggets so far. Desire is the mother of all accomplishment. But it has to be congruent with the price you're willing to pay to get there. So we got to figure out what is the price that we're willing to pay. Wow, that's awesome. Let's, press, let's break down. Those are part of the recipe for success. But, um, you know, my question is, in follow-up to that, we all know that sales and business is hard work. Duh, right? But when we have the right strategy, the right recipe to follow, then the action steps become more like ingredients that can be added systematically into creating more business, one ingredient at a time. The end result is a business and a sales system that is systematic, predictable, and most importantly, repeatable because it goes on all day long every day if you're constantly working on filling your pipe. The agency business uh, can produce the same result time and time again. So I'd like you to break down a little bit of your recipe for success. We're, we're kind of coming up on the end of time, but what are a couple of the ingredients in your recipe for success, Jeb, uh, that helped you along your path that you could recommend that people in the sales game should be paying attention to all the time? Let's start with system. You have okay. to have a system. Mm -hmm. I think that when people are successful, they have a systematic process of doing the things that work every day, every day, every day. I find that people who are who live in mediocrity or who are not reaching their potential, they look at the world through a random lens. So they wake up every day and every day is different. And you just you must be methodical. I mean, it's almost robotic. I wake mm -hmm. up every day, I do the exact same thing every day, every day, every day. That's why prospecting and filling the pipe in a lot of ways is the full context for the sale. Whereas the nuance of the relationships, you know, that is a little bit more random and is a little bit more um, art. However, in the sales conversation, Systematic says, I'm bending one probability in my favor by asking for a series of small commitments that lead to a bigger commitment. And I'm doing that in a very systematic process. So, so number one is systematic. Number two is adaptable. We are in the coolest time ever in history. I know that, you know, we're, we're, we're running headlong into the singularity and robots may take over the world in 50 or 60 years. I'll be dead by then, so I mean, I'm good right now. <laughs> but right now, we're like in, this, in this crazy place where anything is possible. And if we look back on America, right, where we, where we are, like anything's always been possible. But today, it's just, it's just incredible what you, can, what you can do and accomplish. I mean, this morning, we're walking down the street. I've got brought my son with me to the studio so he could experience what it's like to lay down an audio book. And he's on my phone recording me. And then we posted it on YouTube, on Facebook, on Snapchat, on Instagram, and on Twitter to promote the book. You couldn't do that 20 years ago. Like, I've, I'm in complete control of my marketing. So we have these, these amazing tools, and you have to be adaptable. And what we have to learn how to do as human beings, especially from an adaptivity standpoint, it's not only we have to adapt to our marketplace, we have to adapt to our customers, but we also adapt to the digital world that is making things easier for us uh, and better for us. But in the future, there's going to be two types of people. 
there are going to be people who tell robots and computers what to do, and there are going to be people who are told what to do by robots and computers. You want to be in the first group. Trust me on that. <laughs> so what you have to learn how to use technology so that you can spend more time in human-to-human race relationships, so adaptable. Uh, and, 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 and then you have to be relentless. And to me, that's like that, if you want my winning ingredient, I'm not the smartest human being in the entire world. I just am not. I make a lot of mistakes. I, you know, if you ever listen to me on, on the interview, I have okay. to go back and edit myself. I sound like a moron most of the time. And, but I'm relentless. Nobody will ever out hustle me. Nobody. I will outwork you any day of the week. I will outwork you. So you can be smarter, faster, more talented, have more opportunities, have more money, you know, have, have a, have a, even have a head start. You can get ahead of me, but I will beat you. Because every day I will grind and grind and grind and grind until I overtake you. And to me, like, that's my number one formula. That's the one thing that I can look at. If you, if you look back at the last 10 years of my life where I've, I've changed everything. And, and, you know, and when I'm just thinking about the, you know, the amount of income that we make, we have 16 employees, right? We look at that from, from literally quitting my job and in the middle of a recession to the day, it's not because I'm smart. I'm, I'm a really bad business guy. I'm, a, I'm not even a good author in half the time. You know, I, I, so I have to work so hard at writing books to get good at it, but, but I never quit. Ever, 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 I will out-hustle you. So when you look at ingredient, you put that together. I've got a system. I'm adaptable to my environment. I'm always changing, always open, always looking, and I will grind you to the ground. I will beat you that way, and I, and I, and I, and I feel like that's one thing that, in my corporate career was the same thing. I will outwork you. And when everybody else goes home, I'm still working. <laughs> that's, and I know that sounds like almost, you know, like ABC and, and we should get our crayons out and crayon right, right. it, but that's what I do every day. Well, here's another marketing tip way off subject. Jeb, thank you. I'm going to repeat what you just said in just a second. But I was in a situation yesterday, and I don't remember where I was, but somebody was describing their business being a box of crayons. So if you're in the insurance world, you're an independent agent, maybe, maybe you could use a box of crayons and you can use that as a marketing opportunity to send out to people, say our insurance programs are like a box of crayons. And you could actually take each crayon, you could put a type of insurance around the crayon, send it out to people in a shock and awe package or something similar to that. That's your opportunity for follow-up. Would you, how do you learn how to follow up? Well, just get Jeb's book, Fanatical Prospecting. He lays it out for you in over 251 pages exactly how to do it. So uh, thank you so much for the recipes for success. I'm going to repeat the two recipes. He said a systematic process, being adaptable in today's world. By the way, good job, Dad. You're teaching your son on the fly. That's, fa that's fabulous. But most importantly, be relentless or like we like to say, be unstoppable. I think it's kind of the same thing. It's definitely the same mentality. Uh, I was driving to Vegas recently, Jeb, and uh, I was listening to your book again, Fanatical Prospecting, because uh, Sales EQ is not on tape yet, but I look forward to that. And I heard you say, write down your goals and plan, and it makes you unstoppable. And I about drove off the road. Uh, after I got back on track, I called Tapatio and said, Tapatio, find that page in the book. And the people that are watching the uh, webinar have it right there in front of them. Writing down your goals and a plan makes you unstoppable. Tell us about you and your goals and how you keep dialed into your goals, Jeb, and we'll wrap it up with that before we get some questions. Well, you know, my goals change from year to year. I, t I take time to write them down uh, each year. Right now, 
I'm on a mission with the military. I'm my next book will be called Fanatical Military Recruiting, and I've fallen in love with military recruiters and what the good job and the good work that they do keeping our military strong. And and this is this is how I feel personally. You know, I when I decided to start my business ten years ago, I just started it. I didn't have to go through what a lot of folks have to go through in third world countries or in right. other places in the world that are in conflict. I, I did it because I was safe, uh, because I was taken care of, because I didn't have to worry, because we have this amazing military structure in our country that, that puts a wall around us and keeps all the bad guys out. And I realized in this process of writing financial prospecting how military recruiters have to do a lot of the similar things that agent owners have to do. They have to, they have to go out and prospect and fill their pipeline with the top recruits. I mean, they're looking for the best of the best of the best. So I fell in love with them, and I've this, this this year I'm dedicating my life to writing fanatical military recruiting, and we've created training around that, uh, and we are um, we are, are loaded up for the next six months uh, on military bases and at recruiting schools teaching our military recruiters some of the same skills that we teach people, but we're doing it from their perspective rather than our perspective, and we're doing it from a place of service. Uh, because it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. Thank you for saying that. Uh, our, our daughter was an Army medic, so um, and the stories that she's got are just life-changing. By the way, this uh, page 251 of your book, Fanatical Prospecting, the title of that chapter is Developing Mental Toughness, and, and I believe that that's part of being relentless, right? Absolutely. And that's the... <laughs> I mean that's the that's the thing you have to have resilience and mental toughness and uh, and attention control and I mean we lay it out in that in that chapter and you've got to manage your disruptive emotions and I get deeper into that when you get into cell DQ we really get into this process of managing your disruptive emotions so I, I would encourage the audience to jump into that because once you get control of your emotions and part of that is mental toughness which is right, what right. athletes do yeah, by yeah. the way you are the the athletes of the insurance industry straight up. So you have to start treating yourself like that elite athlete in order to perform at your highest level. Yep. And that's daily training at a minimum. And writing the three, th three things down, like you said. So um, we could go on for hours, I'm sure. I know you've got to get back to recording your book, Sales EQ. Uh, correct. That's what you're recording right now, correct? Yes, sir. That's exactly right. They're, they're okay. all looking at it right now. <laughs> Fantastic. And I've got a picture of the front cover of your uh, new book, uh, Sales EQ, up here on the screen, Jeb. Uh, so where can people find this book? You can go to Amazon. Uh, you can buy it there. You can walk into any Barnes & Noble store anywhere in the country. You can pick up both Sales EQ and Fanatical Prospecting there. They're on the shelf of Barnes & Noble. Uh, anywhere else the books are sold online. If you want an autographed copy, if you go to salesgrivy.com, and click on the shop icon in the top bar, you can go there and you can order an autographed copy that usually comes with a little swag too. So uh, any of those places that you want to grab the book, um, please please do. I mean, Amazon will have it to you in two days. Barnes & Noble, you can have it instantly. Right. Fantastic. Well, depends on how fast uh, you what you want and how, what you're willing to do to get it. Thank you so much again for being here. We've got our sales statistics slide up for everybody. Uh, I want to point to the bottom of this, and uh, Jeb, 
This is something that I gra grabbed from the National Sales Executive Association a few years ago. But it says at the very bottom, it says 80% of sales are made on the 5th to the 12th contact. Uh, and and my, I'd like to hear your response to this. But my premise nowadays is, how many times should you follow up? As many as it takes, right? you have anything to add to that? No, you got it. It's, I mean, people say, when should I stop calling? I go, never. I mean, <laughs> like, never says, are they a prospect? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a prospect if they're not qualified. If they, if they are, you know, off the, you know, off the, you know, the radar, you should, you should stop. I mean, there's no reason to call people that aren't going to buy from you ever. But other than that, you never stop following up. And it's one of the biggest problems that, that we find in sales across the board. It tells people just don't follow up. No. No, they, they think, well, they, they don't care enough or they're not responding. Why should I keep trying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's a great segue to uh, finishing up here. So, Jeb, thank you for your time today, sir. We'll let you get back to finishing up the recording of Sales EQ. I can't wait to listen to it. Thank you, sir. Hey, Thanks you're welcome. Hey, you're welcome. Oh, Remember, everybody. Um, Implement, execute, and take action. It's the only thing that's going to get to the next win or the next lesson. Make a difference. Be unstoppable. Leave no regrets. Thank you for listening. If you would like to listen to more episodes or share this podcast with someone you care about, please visit www.unstoppableprofitpodcast.com. Now go out and make a difference. Be unstoppable and leave no regrets.